How is it going, everybody? My name is Luke Salton, and welcome back to another episode. I am the host of Podcast Hockey Authority. Today, we have a great episode with Charlton Anders star goaltender Colton Ellis. Colton is a third-round NHL draft pick to St. Louis Blues, already set the QMJHL record for most career shutouts. This is a great episode, and Colton tells us so many good and funny stories. Thank you. Sit back, relax, and grab some popcorn. Here with Charlton Anders. Goaltender, Colton Ellis. Colton, how's it going? Good. How you doing? Great. Starting off the podcast, I have a good question that I really want to know. So, so far this season, you've been showing nonstop display of skill. How much of an honor was it setting a league record? Yeah, it was uh, definitely a huge honor. I think, uh, I mean, it wasn't something that I kind of thought about um, coming into the season. So, um, I, I really kind of just knew about it when I was getting close to achieving it. So, um, you know, with that being said, I wouldn't have, uh, wouldn't have got it without uh, the help of my teammates here in Charlottetown. I mean, um, you know, obviously it's no secret that uh, we have a great team this year and, um, you know, they've been nothing but uh, excellent in front of me. With having that strong of a decor, how much does it help you back in that? Yeah, it's definitely uh, gives me a lot of confidence um, knowing that uh, uh, the guys playing defense are out there and, and even our offense too. I mean, um, we're never out of games and, and you, you always got to be, uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, for, for me personally, I just, um, I know we're never out of game, especially that game when we were in Halifax and we came back from being uh, down four nothing. So um, even being down four, I knew it wasn't a stretch for us to come back just because uh, we got an all-around all, uh, all uh, great group of guys. Back in that, I see you set up plays when you're playing the puck. Um, I know with St. Louis, you're working on that a lot. Um, Want to bring us through some things you do to work on playing the puck? Um, I think just every day, just trying to handle it as much as much as I can. Um, Paul Drew and, and uh, Gooby there, we, we always uh, try to implement uh, some puck playing and some rims and stuff like that because uh, I feel that's a huge part of my game. So um, just kind of doing different drills and, and catching rims and stuff like that is something that uh, we try to do as much as possible. Yeah, I definitely see that. And going on, back in 2019, you got drafted to the NHL. Want to kind of bring us through that experience? Uh, it was pretty uh, cool. It was something that I kind of always dreamed about and to get to share it uh, with my family and, and friends out in Vancouver. It was uh, it was pretty amazing. I was kind of in shock the whole the whole time, really, just taking it in. And it was, it was pretty surreal. And, um, you know, just uh, kind of once I heard my name called, it was it was pretty, pretty well a blur. And uh, just after that, getting to kind of take it all in, it was it was pretty special. In your draft year, were you talking to lots of teams? Because obviously getting some recognition, how was that experience talking to scouts and even just getting a phone call, text, even live interviews? How was that? Um, it was a little, uh, is it pretty well the same as uh, the Q draft, um, except obviously a bigger stage. So, um, you know, once the process started, I was I was still kind of in awe a little bit that, uh, that I was talking to some, some NHL teams because um, coming from a small town, um, it kind of seems very like a, a pretty big stretch to, to be drafted. So, um, you know, the whole process was, was just pretty cool and, um, pretty surreal. 
as you mentioned, being th- from a small town, how much did that town help you out with your support? Because I know even from Bantam to the QMJHL draft and to the NHL draft, definitely a very big stage helping you out there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't think uh, people from home really realize how much uh, how much of a factor they play and and all the supporting they've done um, ever since I was young and and especially over the last couple of years following me and and reaching out and saying congrats and and good luck and stuff like that. Those little texts go a long way for me and um, just knowing that I have all that support and that there's uh, so many people behind me is a motivator for me. Having that much support, have you ever had that one coach that really helped you to get to the skill that you're here today? Um, yeah, I think uh, I've I've been fortunate enough to have a lot of great coaches over the year, but um, Kyle McDonald was my coach. Um, he was my head coach in Bantam and then head coach again in my second year midget. Um, he was someone that really taught me how to be a, a pro off the ice and, and uh just really taught me how to treat my teammates with respect and, and other people around the organization respect and basically just how to be a pro. And I think uh, that was something that I was fortunate enough to, to take from my years in Bama and Midget and, um, and learn at a young age. By having those role models, how much did it help you still to this day? Because definitely no role models really help you through those ups and downs. What are kind of tips that he gave you to get those, through those ups and downs? I think just being a good person and being a good teammate is something that, uh, that it's really important, especially um, when you're going through the ranks growing up, um, just kind of knowing you have the support of your teammates and their support. So um, something for me, I, I always like to treat my teammates well and, um, you know, always joking around is something that I like to do and, and making sure everybody's loose. So um, I think just that and, and then working hard as well and, and trying to be the hardest working guy day in and day out. As being the skill level that you are right now, it looks like that maybe potentially in the future we'll, we'll go to the NHL and definitely pro. Do you model yourself after a certain goalie in the NHL? Um, I think uh, there's a few goalies that I like watching. Um, Flurry was someone who I always admired from a young age, and um, his athleticism is something that's uh, pretty incredible. So. Um, I definitely think that my, my athleticism is something that uh, makes me who I am. And um, I definitely like to model my game a little bit after him. And then there's there's something, some things from different goalies around the league and in the NHL that, that I like and that I try to kind of pick apart. Like uh, Carey Price is always calm, cool, and collected. And, and I think that's a big part of my game uh, as well. Growing up here, <laughs> Cape Breton, well, in Nova Scotia, you would obviously see Flurry playing and would you go to the games and would you notice what the players are doing or would you pay attention to the goalies and even to this day taking consideration what they're doing at your skill level and age? Yeah, I think uh, always watching and, and trying to learn is something that uh, that I like to do. And um, well, growing up, I always had access to see the Eagles play. You know, I, I grew up not far from from where they uh, they played there. So um it was definitely cool seeing all those guys from a young age and, you know, it's, um, it was an aspiration of mine since I was young to, to kind of be in their shoes. And then um, here we are now. So um, I think just watching them was, it was cool from a young age and, and then just kind of picking up uh, anything I can from them. Initially in the QMJHL draft for you, you got drafted to your hometown team, the Cape Breton Eagles. Well, at the time screaming Eagles, how was that experience for you? 
It was pretty cool. Um, yeah, the draft was actually here in Charlottetown, so pretty familiar with the rink coming in after being traded here. But um, no, I mean, uh, again, I was with uh, a lot of family and friends, so it was cool to share that experience. I mean, uh, you'll you only get drafted the Q1, so it was a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for me. And, um, you know, I, I kind of cherished the whole thing. Um, my family came over a couple of days earlier with uh, one of my best friend's uh, family as well, and we got to kind of all take it in together. Speaking on that QMJHL topic, when you got traded to the Islanders, how was that? Who gave you a hint that you're maybe going to get traded? What was that talking process? I wasn't really, really sure what was going to happen. Um, I knew going into the draft that I was likely going to stay in Ramuski. I didn't think that, uh, that there was kind of anything in the works. And then once the draft was finished, I, I figured I was definitely um, staying. And then uh, I found out, I got a phone call. Um, I think it was maybe 10 minutes after, 15 minutes after the, the draft ended. And uh, I got it from the coach and GM in Ramuski and, as soon as I saw his uh, name come up on my phone, I, I knew uh, I was traded. So then I was just kind of wondering where. So, um, yeah, he just he, he told me, um, you know, they got an offer that uh, they're going to take and um, come to Charlottetown. I, I was pretty excited that uh, that it was here. Um, I've heard nothing but great things about the organization. Um, always playing against Charlottetown. They're always a, a tough team and always battled hard. So. Um, I knew, I knew, like I said, I knew they were going to have a good team this year. So, um, I was very excited to, uh, to join the organization. Speaking on your time in Ramuski, I know you had a very talented group there. Plenty of players that you can go on forever. Alexis Lafreniere, when playing behind him, how was that seeing his display of skill? Of course, when first overall to the Rangers in the 2020 NHL drafts, how was that seeing someone at that high caliber of scale play on the same ice surface as you? Yeah, uh, it was pretty crazy. He was, uh, it was, it was cool. Cause we were rookies, um, rookies together. And um, he came in at just 16 and, and was already a, a force in the league. So um, to kind of see him progress each year was incredible. I mean, after a 16 year old, he kind of think like, how's this guy going to get any better? And then, you know, he'd come back the next year and it'd be even better. So um and, and then again in his 18 after 17 going into his 18 years so um i mean it it goes without saying his skills uh skills second to none and it, it was pretty uh pretty incredible to get to see him grow each year as we know alexis lafreniere is phenomenal on the ice but i want to know about him off ice what kind of gestures or how is his personality uh he's a he's a great dude um, like I said, we, we came in as rookies together and we shared three years in Ramuski together. So I got to know him pretty well. And, um, you know, off the ice, he was, he was very uh, inclusive of everybody and, and uh, wanted to, uh, to kind of talk to everybody and just, just a typical player and typical great guy. So, um, no, it was definitely cool to, uh, to share that with him. I want to touch up on years 17-year-old goaltenders, Jake Gooby's relationship, because I hear nothing but good things that you and Jake do together. want to kind of bring us through some of the things that you give him advice to go on to in future. Yeah, I, I knew him a, a little bit heading into uh, Charlottetown. We trained with uh, goalie coach Scotty Guthrow in the summer together, so um, I was a little familiar with him. So then um, 
and getting to kind of to play alongside them is is great for for both of us. I think uh, you know we can we can learn from each other and. Um, I'm not in a situation where I'm going to be given all the advice. Like I, I like to hear what he's got to say and kind of uh, just learn in any way I can. And I think uh, that's why we're working well together and we get along great off the ice. I mean, um, yeah, it's it's been great so far. Those are really wild words because you never want to have a back and forth goaltending relationship with arguments, but definitely see that communication because I look over and I always see you talking to him if he's down and you're on the bench always just try and get him back into that I even see him claws way back into games with your advice and moving on I always hear you chanting from the back of your net during the Islanders games what kind of things are you saying because I can never really hear what you're saying but I definitely know that you're communicating to the players yeah, hopefully they'll they're able to hear what I'm saying. But uh, no, I think just uh, just kind of being an extra set of eyes out there and um, kind of letting them know if they they got any time or um, kind of where the four checkers are and just kind of give them a good idea. Like I said, an extra set of eyes. So I'm just trying to help in any way I can, really. I grew up a goaltender, and I know how important the vision is. And really, from back there, you have a better view of the ice than anyone on the team. How important to yourself as a goaltender is vision. Yeah, it's uh, extremely important. I think nowadays it's kind of being implemented more into everybody's uh, uh, training. So um, for me, I think uh, just kind of doing different drills and and working with uh, goalie coaches on stuff like that is important. And I think it's becoming a, a bigger part of the game for sure. Growing up as a goaltender and now to the skill level, you always have practice, 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 because they say you need to do at least 10,000 hours to be the best. And really, what are the types of things that even since day one as a goalie and novice have you been doing? Yeah, I th- I, it's kind of funny. I didn't really start uh, start playing goalie until full-time until my first year PV. I think that was uh, last year, or my first year when I wasn't switching in and out of the net. So um just kind of working with the goalie coach and and like you said doing vision training and stuff like that um and just working hard in the gym having goalie specific programs that kind of suit my needs and uh help me uh, just kind of be who I am as a goalie is um something that's kind of important to have tailored and um you know that's something that's all set up so it uh, kind of makes my life a little easier as you said you just transitioned into goalie just in your first year peewee what made you want to do that um you know uh, growing up everybody kind of takes their takes their turn going in that and it was something that I really liked and uh, I was fairly good at it um from a young age so I just kind of started uh, or I just stick, stuck with it what age were you when you started playing triple a because I know everyone always worries when they're in like Adam and peewee and maybe even first year Bantam, what level they're playing. What's that one message to say that even when you're that young, levels don't matter, just practice and developing. What kind of lesson have you learned from that that helped you move your game forward? Yeah, so my first year playing um, AAA hockey was in Peewee. So I played just uh, house league growing up and until then. And um, for me, I just always had fun playing hockey. And I think that's the biggest message for um, kids growing up playing the sport and, and not getting too caught up in um, 
that side of it and, and trying to play the highest level, just like you said there, just focusing on your development and, and more importantly, just having fun with it. I asked this question in the last couple of my podcasts. I know every single hockey player is always super athletic and especially as a goaltender, if you couldn't go professional for hockey, what kind of sport would you have to go if you had to choose a different path? Um, if I had to choose another sport, I think I'd like to say golf, although I'm not very good at golf, but uh, I definitely enjoy playing golf in the summer. So I think I'm going to have to roll with that. In the sport of hockey, there's so many superstitions because really need to get that repeat and just routine to keep on going and to get to the best of the best. Do you really have any superstitions? Um, I don't like to think I'm very superstitious. I think um, I'd use the word routine a little, a little more. Um, obviously, there's there's going to be little things that uh, that I guess you could kind of consider superstitious, like when, when you tape your stick or, or how you tape it or, or what color tape you're using and stuff like that. But um, for the most part, for, for me, it's just, it's routine. And, and over the years, I've kind of um, been more lenient with my routine and now kind of missing one thing or, or two, a couple of things going into the game. I'm not going to be too worried about it and um, just kind of, so it won't take away from any of my play. In your fourth year of the QMJHL, you toured probably every single team's rink. What was your favorite rink with the most momentum to playing? Um, I think the Videotron in Quebec was pretty cool. Um, would always get good crowds there, even though it's a it's a huge rink, but they'd always get good crowds. So, um, you know, it's definitely an NHL rink, and get uh, being able to play there was was always uh, was pretty cool. Bringing in that pro-like mentality, playing in such great facilities like that, what kind of makes you look forward going into the next steps in pro? I think, yeah, just the whole atmosphere. I got a little taste of it at uh, at St. Louis camp there a couple of years ago. So um, it definitely uh, fueled the fire to, to get, and made me a little anxious to get going and get started. But at the same time, um, I think enjoying junior while it lasts is something that's uh, really important. So I'm just uh, kind of looking forward to going to playoffs right now and kind of get the ball rolling there. A couple months ago, you signed your first professional hockey contract. How surreal was that? <laughs> it was crazy. I think uh, it didn't, I don't think it is, it's even sunk in yet. I think uh, it's something that I, it was talked about a lot and, um, until it actually got done. I don't think I really kind of believed it. And, and even now it's, it's kind of hard to, to fathom, um, that it happened. So, um, especially since a young age, kind of dreaming about it and, um, you know, it's, it's something that I've worked for my whole life and to get rewarded with it last month, it was, uh, it was pretty awesome. It would be definitely very surreal. Of course, growing up watching the sport of hockey and NHL, have you had an experience that where you went to an NHL game or what really team were you growing up playing, cheering for? Um, growing up, I had a couple of different teams. I, I went through different phases where I liked uh, Vancouver a little bit. And then uh, in Pittsburgh, when they won a couple of cups there, um, I was a big fan of them. So um, I actually never got to experience an, an NHL game live yet. So um, hopefully soon. Saying how you haven't experienced one yet, just think about how cool that'd be 
the first ever NHL game experiencing would be you playing in person, even thinking through those moments. How really is that? I, I think uh, it'd be it'd be pretty uh, pretty surreal. Um, you know, I it, I never really got to experience that, and being able to kind of be a part of it would be uh, something else on its own. So, um, you know, we'll see what happens. If you had one message for kids who want to grow up to be at the high skill caliber like yourself, what would that message be? I think just enjoying it. You know, I kind of touched on it earlier. Having fun is, is a big role, and it was a, a big role in my career so far. And I think that obviously it'll continue to be so. Um, just kind of having fun and day in and day out and, and enjoying it with your teammates and enjoying the process and just working hard day in and day out. Definitely. And really fun is what everyone focuses in the sport of hockey. And one playing with the Anders, just really being relaxed. How much of a fun team is it being in Cheryl Town? It's awesome. You know, it's a great city, great organization. Um, I got nothing but good things to say about everybody, everybody here that I've met. So, um, you know, it's it's definitely a lot of fun going to the rink every day, especially with the group of guys we have. So I think that's going to be a key contributor when we go into playoffs here. For the QMJHL, you have a professional staff with Sherald. And what have they done to progress your game? Yeah, they've been amazing. I think uh, they, they've been very co- conscious of uh, – kind of my style of play and, and what I do day in and day out. So, um, you know, just uh, always chatting with them and, and kind of getting their take on different aspects of the game is um, something that I've enjoyed doing so far. And it's been, uh, it's been great. When having a team that will let you be you on on the ice, how honoring is that? How much of an honor is it to be able to have that trust? Yeah, it's awesome. I, I know, uh, you know, I, I have a lot of a lot of respect for our coaches and, and everybody here um, in Charlottetown, the organization for kind of giving me the chance to uh, and the opportunity to kind of come here and in a season like this. Um, so, I mean, um, just like you said, having that mutual respect, uh, I think is very important. It's been uh, working well for everybody. Growing up in minor hockey, what's that one tournament that you and all your friends were every year so excited to go to um i think the timbit tournament is uh it's i i guess we're only young but um i think we were only six and seven years old playing in it but um it was definitely uh, uh a time full of mini sticks in the hallway and um getting to share it with uh, all my buddies you know we're all young but um that was definitely something that we always look forward to has there ever been that certain goalie partner that you always bonded with growing up? Have you had that one goalie partner that you guys were always goalie partners up in Dubai or Midget? Um, I've been really fortunate to play with a, a lot of great goalies and, and every relationship I've built with uh, my goalie partner has been awesome. Um, you know, ever since I started being a goalie. So, um, you know, there's been, there's been a lot of different, but uh, a lot of different partners, but you know, Nonetheless, like everybody's been awesome and would have had a great relationship. How important is it in your mind to always have a good relationship with your goaltender because you really goaltend partner because you really can't get along without being friends? How important is that message to goaltenders who want to be like you? 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just having that friendly competition is important and being able to kind of get along and, and learn off each other. I think, uh, especially this year, that's what Gooby and I are doing well. We're, we're learning off each other and we're supporting each other day in and day out and always working together. And, uh, you know, that's, uh, that's kind of the recipe for success. Uh, if you want to be on a good team and, um, just being a great teammate as well. Starting to wrap up now, but I have to ask, being in the queue for four years, traveled through so many cities. What's the best post game meal? Um, the best post game meal this year. We've been getting freshy a little bit, and big fan of freshy. But um, I don't know. We've had some some good pizza over the years that uh, has been good. I, I'm a big fan of pizza, so um, hard to really pinpoint one. Um, uh, I this year too. Our meals have been awesome this year too. We've got sweet potato fries after some games, which aren't too bad for you. So, um, no, everything's been good. What do you think that your team in Charlton needs to do to bring home a President's Cup? I think just uh, sticking to the process and and making sure we don't get complacent um, in our abilities and and working hard and growing as a team and individually each day is, is going to be important for us. And, you know, we've been doing it, um, doing it great so far. And I think uh, playing the same teams over and over, I think it uh, might be a little hard for um, to kind of get up for each game, but you know, everybody's done been doing a, doing a great job. And um, I think we just got to keep it going. What's that one memo that you had all year and you really need to succeed right through it to take home that cup? Yeah, just, just working hard and having fun. Um, you know, I touched on that uh, a few times in different aspects of the game, but I think especially as a team, if you get, if you're a team that has fun together, which uh, we definitely do, um, you, you'll bring a lot of success upon yourself. So um, we just got to continue to do that. Well, there's definitely not, nothing but great things that you've done for Charlton so far and will continue to do. I appreciate your time, Colton, and have a good day. Ladies and gentlemen, that was another episode. My name's Luke Salton. I'm your host from podcast Hockey with Elsie. I just want to take a moment. I don't think I show my thankfulness enough. I really want to give a quick shout out to Hockey Act Guy. He's in Charlton Islanders super fan who's every game and can't miss him. Along with another super fan, Charlton Islanders bus driver Wilfred Banks. And also to some of the Charlton Islanders players and my family. I also just want to touch on some crazy hockey action last night as there's lots of fights at the Charlton Islanders game with the Halifax Mooseheads. Wow, was it ever entertaining to watch. Oscar Blandowski could be watching this, had a great dust-up as he won that one and got a one-game suspension along with Gay Peach and also getting kicked out later in the game but not suspended is Ben Boyd former podcast member always shown that intensity great podcast thank you guys so much for watching and see you next time